Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with sins and transgressions as we pick up in Psalm chapter 32, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Whether it's deliberate or just a a, a lack of weakness or failure, it is still missing the mark that God has set. That's why the Bible says all have sinned. The Bible calls you a sinner. And you may get uptight about that. But God said you've all missed the mark. Now when I tell you the mark is perfection, that's what God wants you to be. Then is there anyone here willing to stand up and say, I've hit the mark? I'm perfect. Look at me, I'm Mr. Perfect. No, I think we'll all confess I've, I've missed the mark. Not always willingly. I, I've, I've sought to be a better person than I really am. I'm not as good as I would like to be. I've missed the mark. A transgression is a little different because transgression is a willful, a deliberate missing of the mark. It's a deliberate action of disobedience on my part. God says, here's a line. Now, Chuck, I don't want you to go over that line. And I get busy with my activities. I'm not paying any attention. All of a sudden, I'm over here on the other side of the line, and God says, hey, hey, wait a minute. There's the line I told you not to go over. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgot all about it. I hmm, didn't mean to. I still went over it, but it was a sin, and it was a missing of the mark. It wasn't really a deliberate, willful kind of a transgression. Whereas if God says, here's the line, Chuck, now don't you cross over it, and I step over and say, okay, God, what are you going to do about it? That is a deliberate, willful transgression. Many times, sins compound into transgressions. I start off innocently enough, but then rather than repenting and turning, I seek to try to cover it and hide it and and all, and it compounds until it becomes a transgression. But either way, oh, how happy I am when it's all forgiven, when it's all over, when it's all covered. Oh, how happy is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now, David had done his best to deceive. I mean, he was trying to set up Uriah, you know, go home and spend the night with your wife. And and he was trying this whole deceitful little scheme. But he's talking now about an interesting experience here. Oh, how happy is the man to whom God does not impute iniquity. Now, I think that many people, because of Santa Claus, have gotten a wrong concept of God. And many people think of God as a glorified Santa Claus. That just anything I want, 
All I have to do is come to God and just tell him what I want him to lay under my tree this Christmas, and God will give me anything that I insist on, anything that I believe for, anything that I'll confess, God will give to me, because after all, he's just a Santa Claus waiting to hear my request. And in carrying this concept of God as Santa Claus, we know that Santa Claus is making out a list and checking it twice and going to find out who's naughty and nice. And if you've been naughty, you're going to get a bundle of sticks. You know, he doesn't bring toys to bad little boys. Making this list, keeping the records. Now, he is speaking about a man. Oh, how happy is the man to whom God does not impute or account iniquity. Who in the world would that be, a man that God isn't even making a blacklist on his deeds? Not imputing iniquity. Paul tells us in Romans that that happy man is the man who is in Christ Jesus. For there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, how happy is my life in Christ. This glorious life I have in him, for if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is continually cleansing me from all sin. God is not even keeping a record of my failure of my sin. Oh, what a happy man I am. Not only has he forgiven my transgressions, not only has he blotted out my sins, but he's not even keeping a record of my current failings. Oh, how happy is a man to whom God does not impute iniquity, that man who is in Christ Jesus. Now, David goes on to express when he was trying to cover the whole thing and hide the whole thing and, and the reaction that it had upon him. When I kept silence, that is, when I was trying to hide it, when I would not confess, when I wouldn't bring it out, and, and confess. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Do you know, you may try to hide your sins, you may try to cover your guilt, but it will find a way out. With guilt, there is always the developing subconscious desire for punishment, which if I cannot find a relief for that guilt, I will begin some abnormal behavioral pattern by which I am seeking to be punished. And I'll start just doing weird things because I'm feeling guilty and I want someone to punish me. I want someone to say, hey, man, you're weird. You're crazy. Something's wrong with you. You ought to go jump off the pier. Oh, thank you, brother. I needed that. <laughs> now I feel relieved from my guilt. Someone has punished me. When I was a kid, I had no problems. My father took care of my guilt complexes 
very efficiently. And the old apricot tree. Those switches always stung. But it sure got rid of my guilt complex. It was healthy psychologically. But now I'm older. No one to take me into the bedroom and apply the psychology. <laughs> and so I, I have to do things, abnormal things, neurotic things, in order to be punished, get people to punish me. <laughs> Don't tell Romaine I said it, but this is why he's such a fantastic counselor. <laughs> I mean, you come in and he'll lay it on you. If you're wrong, I mean, he'll tell you. And you go home relieved. You, you, you get angry with him because he's so straightforward. But, I mean, he'll just tell you what a rat you are, you know. <laughs> and, and he doesn't realize it, I'm sure, but from a psychological standpoint, it's very healthy. <laughs> oh, we see him storming out of here sometimes. <laughs> Steam coming out of the top of their head. We said, well, they've been counseling with Romaine. <laughs> he is so good. But when you're trying to hide and cover your guilt, there's an inward roaring that is going on all the time. This inward turmoil. When I sought to keep silent, my bones were waxing old because of the roaring all day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy on me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Boy, I'll tell you, my life just became all dry, just like a drought in summertime. No, no moisture, no, no life. Felt like I was dying. The sea law brings an end to that strophe of the psalm, and now we move into a new direction. The first is the endeavor to cover the sin, the endeavor to hide the guilt. But now as we move into the new direction, I acknowledged my sin. Now the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now, in the Hebrew language, there is here the intimation of an immediate process. In other words, the moment in my heart I said, I'm going to confess my transgressions. In my heart, before I could ever get the words out of my lips, God had already forgiven me. God is only looking for the change of the attitude of your heart. The moment in your heart you say, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm going to confess, I'm going to get I'm going to get it right with God. In that very moment, God's grace comes flowing over your life and the sins are all obliterated. Why should we carry guilt? Why should we carry the sins when God is so ready to forgive, so ready to cleanse, so ready to pardon?
The moment I said, I'm going to confess, thou forgavest my transgressions. Now we enter into the third strophe. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when you may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come near unto him. Surely all of us ought to be seeking God because of his love, of his grace, and of his preserving power. In the times of these great waters, in the times of tragedy, it will not touch you. For thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. So another selah, we enter into a new strophe of the psalm. God is my hiding place. He is my preserver from trouble. He encircles me with songs of deliverance. Now, in verse 8, we have a whole change of voice. And God is now responding to the psalmist. Up till now, David has been speaking of, of God and, and his relationship to God. But now God responds to David. And David writes God's response to him. Now this is God speaking to David. God said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide you with my eye. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. God said, I will teach you and instruct you in the way that you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Be not as a horse or a mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in a bit and a bridle, lest he comes near to you. So God is saying, don't be like a stubborn mule where you've got to put a bit in its mouth in order to guide it. Now, a bit is painful when you jerk on it. But the bit is put in the mouth of a mule or a horse in order that he might be led, that you might have control so he doesn't walk or step all over you. You put the bit in their mouth, and if they don't hearken or respond to your rain upon them, then you pull on the bit and it jerks the mouth and it's painful, but you get the message. You're led. Now God is saying, hey, I don't want to lead you that way. Don't be stubborn like a mule where I have to use harsh methods to lead and guide you. I want to guide you with my eye. Okay, that way, son. <laughs> we are the ones that make it tough on ourselves. When we rebel against God, when we won't listen to God, when we're insensitive to God, then he has to get rough. God doesn't delight in, in the painful processes. God didn't want to send a whale after Jonah. It was just that's the only way he could get his attention. God doesn't want to lead you in a painful process. He doesn't want to bring 
painful experiences into your life in order to get your attention, in order to, to change your directions. So he's saying, look, be sensitive, be obedient. I will guide you in the right way. I'll guide you with my eye. Don't be like a horse of a mule. You've got to put a bit into its mouth in order that you might lead it so it won't step on you and all. Many are the sorrows. To, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall come pass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. As I said, there, when you're in your own reading of the Psalms, it, it might be an interesting experience for you to, uh, as you read, just sort of follow the exhortations. When it says, be glad in the Lord, just be glad in the Lord. When it says rejoice, then you should rejoice. And if it says shout for joy, try it sometime. Just shout for joy unto the Lord. 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely or beautiful for the upright. Now, this is something you might not be able to do as you read it. Praise the Lord with a harp. <laughs> Sing unto him with a psaltery, another instrument in those days, and an instrument of ten strings. Actually, David was quite a musician. These were all written to be sung, and he invented many instruments. David actually was an inventor of instruments. And so he had some instruments that he had made with strings, and... Uh, he was a skillful player on the harp himself, and um, he was called the beautiful psalmist of Israel. Sing unto him a new song and play skillfully with a loud noise. And that's the motto of our Maranatha groups. <laughs> For the word of the Lord is right, and all of his works are done in truth. He loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. If you look around, you can find the goodness of God that has been extended to us in so many ways. Now he speaks of the power of God's word. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all of the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He laid up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth reverence the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. I was up at the conference center last weekend with a lot of the fellows, and we had just a beautiful night up there. And after the service, I took a walk out through the woods, just the Lord and I. I could see the Pleiades because it was getting close to midnight and the winter constellations are st starting now. If you wait until after midnight, you can see the Pleiades and Taurus and Orion and, of course, right up 
above head was Corona. And, and I was looking up, and of course, you can still see up there the Milky Way. I thought of this verse. For the word of the Lord is right. His works are done in truth. And by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Created by his word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be light holders, the stars, the sun. And it was so. And I got to thinking of the power of God's word. He spake, and it was done. And then he said, let the earth stand in awe of him. And I'll tell you, when you look at those skies up there, you stand in awe of God. Oh, how great is the power of his word. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 32 through 33 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May God bless you and keep his hand upon your life. May the Lord be with you. May he minister to your life in such a way that you'll be very conscious of the presence of God. May he just burst upon the scene. And may you just recognize his nearness and his grace and his love and just be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. May the Lord bless, watch over, and keep you through Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For those who like to read books electronically on their mobile devices, you can now download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith's books to your Kindle reader or any mobile device, such as your cell phone. What a blessing to be able to have these resources with you at all times, especially when you're in a place to minister to another person. If you read ebooks, then you know the advantage of being able to search, find, and minister within seconds. And with all of Pastor Chuck and Kay's insights into biblical wisdom, 
This is a great opportunity to be able to gain from their book so you can share the good news with others. If you would like more information on how to download Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks, you can call the Word for Today Customer Service Department at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks online, visit thewordfortoday.org. Again, that's thewordfortoday.org.